is morality subjective? Welcome to the Infinite Mark podcast. I'm Pete here with Daniel. How you doing, Daniel? I'm doing good, dude. I'm doing good. Your introduction was nice and sultry. Thank you. Thank you. I liked it. I liked it a lot. That's uh, that's the only sense of calm that you're going to get from me for the entire episode. So enjoy it. Maybe at the very end, hopefully you can just say goodbye, everyone. I just want another. Okay. One. Okay. Yeah, I, I can give, I can give everybody all three people listening the little smooth goodbye. <laughs> I, I just, I want you to say, um, thank you for listening to 104.7 just like <laughs> just like a like a Casey Kasem or some some like a nice smooth deep radio voice yeah i don't know if i'm uh, i'm as good as casey but anyway today's subject is morality subjective and i think that this is a really good one i know you were a little bit skeptical about uh exploring this idea because it is pretty controversial and i i have a feeling we're going to differ a little bit on our viewpoint um but typically especially in today's day and age when, when you see so many people who think that they're right but they're all saying something different i think that subjectivity being subjective, like the, the sense of the individual is so prevalent right now in our society because uh, after we became a nation, the United States, the idea of individuality and personal perseverance and personal responsibility became really uh, a big part of the American dream. And that's where our culture came from. So I think because there's so so much that's subjective nowadays, and it's it's very obvious by the way that people interact with each other, I think that morality is definitely subjective. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it off to you, Daniel. What do you think? Um. Wow. Yeah. I was skeptical because this topic is vast it's deep it's been argued i don't want to say since the beginning of time but but it's definitely a topic that piques a lot of interest because of its implications in if it is or not or where it is and where it isn't um where morality is subjective and where it's not so i think that this topic is prevalent extremely in film um there are plenty stories and I think when we talk about morals, and correct me if I'm wrong, we're referring to values, what's right, what's wrong, what's 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 meaningful, what's, you know, up as opposed to the objective view of morality, which could be attributed more to the religious, you know, realm of, of this is right and this is wrong, and it always has been and it always will be. So there's that that you have to take into consideration. So... Yeah, I think this is a, this is deep. It's it's very real, and what people think are what people think is okay, what what people think is acceptable, and and moral and decent and ethical. I think that it varies greatly. So, and I know you have, <clears throat> I know we we we've talked about this before, and and you had mentioned um, some films, and and I think that that's a that's a great place to take this to start it. Um, is is to kind of talk about some examples that we've already seen and how that might throw a wrench in in the question itself. Yeah, I think 
to me, the, one of the first films that really uh, popped out was uh, a more recent film, Avengers Infinity War. When I saw, I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I, I really think that they did something great with the first uh, three phases uh, that they that they created. They really um, they really brought a new voice to like comic books and superheroes and and mm, and definitely. transformed it really did transform the way movies are made nowadays sometimes not always for the best but i still really really enjoy that series overall because i i think i'd consider it a series almost like a um a television show but just told in in uh, in movie format so um avengers infinity war thanos when i watched that movie i was so blown away because Thanos was the protagonist in that movie. He's the first person you see. He's he does terrible things, but he justifies them with a belief system that he has. And most of us would would say that killing half of all li living things in the universe is probably bad. But we all commit atrocities in our life that we aren't even aware of. And we just go along with our our little day but it's like out of sight out of mind so we don't think about certain things like the cell phone that we are using or the t computer that we're using like who made that what are their living qualities are they living in poverty or are they even slaves to them to like a, a certain type of modern um slave lord in another country uh, we commit atrocities all the time and so the fact that thanos is just upfront about it and he's honest about his belief system and he comes out and says the universe is overpopulated we need to i need to destroy resources are finite yeah. resources are finite that whole Love that line too yeah <laughs> yeah so he's he's an antagonist that justifies what he is doing the evil things that he is doing because he truly believes that what he's doing is the right thing now just because we disagree with him doesn't mean that we're more right or more moral than him. He's doing things for, for reasons because he, that's his true belief system. So, so, so are you siding with his, with kind of his steadfast nature and what he believes? Like, is it partially, and, and, and we can even, we can even take this to another character that, is a bad person that everyone, but breaking bad, right? Mm -hmm. The main character in, you know, Brian Cranston's, I forget his, what's his first name in the, in the, in the series. Oh, um, why am I blanking on? <laughs> I, let's just say Brian Cranston's character in breaking bad. He he's this is embarrassing. He, no, he's a, he's an extremely terrible person, right? What he's doing, what he has done, how he treats people. It's, it's, it's terrible. There he is. Oh, now it is really embarrassing. Okay. Walter. Walter White. Walter. Walter. Okay, I was about to consult my my small rectangular assistant. Um Your supercomputer? My supercomputer. Um yeah, Walter. So so how can we side how can we side or feel sympathy for or pity a character like that that does terrible things? Um because we know we we empathize with his reasoning why he's doing it. He's making wrong Is it that decisions. or do we see ourselves in in do we see ourselves? That's what empathy is. 
yes, you know, being being in someone's shoes, but but maybe I don't know. I think about I think about characters like those. Let's just say the reasoning is sound. Right? Let's say let's say there's a character that's doing I don't want to say terrible things, but but let's just say there's a character a vigilante of sorts. Here's another perfect example. Um Hans Gruber from uh, Die Hard, the original Die Hard. John McClane is the bad guy in Die Hard. Hans Gruber is coming to try to steal money from the corporate elites, the bank that is Robin that Hood. is robbing Robin all Hood. of us of our wealth. And then John McClane comes in like, "Yippee I'm here to save the day." And it's like, "Oh, you but you know, Hans was trying to do something for like you know, he was willing to kill people, which is a bad thing, morally speaking. Uh, but he was doing it for the right reasons, I think. I That's why yeah. he's such a relatable character. And uh, so that's why I think that he's a great vigilante character, like you were just talking about, where the, his reasoning behind his actions are so relatable or we can we can imagine why he's choosing to do the things that he's choosing. It's, He's not just some guy twirling his mustache going, I'm going to blow the world up. <laughs> then it, then maybe it is, maybe it does have something to do with the justification. If they have a reason to do it, if they have, if their reason is kind of sound, but see, even that just seems kind of superficial. Maybe it's just a combination of seeing ourselves in that villain maybe feeling sympathy for them. They're not understood. They, I think about some of my favorite characters in movies, right? Like James Bond is one of my favorite characters of all time on screen. Because you're such a ladies man and you can relate with him. Oh, so yeah. Well. I mean, well, I, lifestyles are very similar. But, but <laughs> I think that there is just so much killing. There's so much killing. Like, and a lot of the times just indiscriminate in a way or, or, or just such a disregard for life. But it's like, it's what he's pursuing. Like you're willing to set aside, at least for the people that are painted as good, you're willing to set aside so much destruction and death to let them complete their mission. Um, let me, let me, let me kind of set the stage for a story that I've thought about before. Okay. Are you ready, Peter? Yep. Let me take a sip of water. <laughs> um, so there's this story that I've thought about before and I've 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 written a few, you know, chapters just to test it out and it's this character who a fictional character set in somewhere somewhere in Montana and this character has lost his wife in a car accident mm -hmm. and his child. And so what happens is this man who lost his child and his wife in this accident wants to feel close to her. Again, somehow he wants to feel close to her. She died on a windy road in the snow and she crashed and she killed or and, and she died and, and the and the baby she died and then the child actually froze to death in the back of the car. And super somber. It's dark. Yeah. It's very dark. And so he wants to feel close to her, you know, visiting the grave or visiting the site really doesn't do it for him. He wants to feel close to her once again. So what ends up happening is 
he starts to seek out situations in which he can feel close to that individual, her, once again. And what he ends up doing is he hitchhikes along the same road that she crashed on. And it's a very dangerous road. It's known to be very dangerous. And he hitchhikes. And in the diner previous for that road, there's a diner on that road further back. And he goes there and and seeks out women who kind of look like his wife, travelers, you know, residents from, from local towns and cities, and and finds people who remind him of his wife. Then he, then he starts walking down the road and acting like a hitchhiker, figures out what car they're driving. And then when they start to drive up the road, he throws his thumb out <coughs> or try and, you know, waves them down to get inside the car. And I'm writing this and I'm, and I'm developing this story in my mind. And what ends up happening is he gets in the car and he pretends that his motorcycle broke down, you know, back there and he needs a ride into town. He's got his motorcycle gear on his motorcycle helmet. And the people come up, they pick him up and they think nothing of it. And he, the conversations start casually, but then he starts to break down and he starts to talk to that individual as his wife that's still alive. Why did you do that? Why were you, you know, why did the car, you know, why did you go driving out? You know, why did you take our child? What, what we could have, what, what we could have built, our family and this. And there was so much to look forward to. And the person starts to get scared because he's just kind of blabbering on about nonsense. And then what he ends up doing is he ends up putting his motorcycle helmet on inside the vehicle and looks towards the person driving and they get really freaked out while they're still driving and then he takes the steering wheel and simultaneously pulls the steering wheel into the woods and unbuckling the individual at the same time hurling them into the trees they crash it's a violent crash and not being buckled going that fast and hitting a tree there's just little chance for survival and so as i'm writing this I stopped at that moment and in my thought process, I was developing the story and I was like, and it just naturally, instinctively, I thought to myself, how can I make this character relatable? Even after he just committed murder, I'm thinking to myself, how can I get, how can I make this make sense? Because blind, blind murder, blind rage, just, killing just to kill or just committing atrocities or committing evil acts just to do that. It's, it's been done before, but like when you place some humanity, which is so fragile and, and emotional behind it, it instantly, it instantly is relatable. Just, just a little bit of emotion injected into there. And I, I just find that weird that in that moment, I was trying to make him not that bad. Even though he just murdered some people, <laughs> he just murdered an innocent woman, and and and, and maybe well, so, that's just the lure of storytelling. I think that you already have built a really empathetic character because I, I mean, especially at least for people who have similar lifestyles to to what he had, a wife and a child. I can empathize with that. Even people who don't have a wife and a, and a child, they have a mother and a father. And so they are the child of a husband and wife. So there there's a lot of empathy when it comes to doing atrocities after you've lost someone you love, especially the, the two closest people to your life. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I've had 
random imaginations of me losing my loved ones and the things that I think, man, I hope that doesn't happen because I'm going to turn into a terrible person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. He's already pretty empathetic, especially to me. But I think that if you wanted to make him more empathetic, something that you could add to his background or to the background of the scenario in general, um, I think if you focus on his loss, and maybe focus on their relationship prior to the loss. Maybe she wasn't a very good wife and she was doing something um, off-putting to him. And so he now is being hurt by his wife. Maybe she's leaving with the child and you can highlight that within the story. And then they end up dying, which is another, you know, he's already been stabbed on one side. Now he's stabbed on the other side. He's twice in pain. Then if you add even deeper another level of depth into the story the women that he's picking up not only do they remind him physically of his wife but maybe that he's while he's stalking them he sees them do bad things things treating other people poorly treating people the way that his wife treated him and therefore he's now getting justice and um getting closure at the same time you know what? He's the hero of the story then. Then he's the hero. Yeah, but he's doing <laughs> terrible things like Thanos. <laughs> well, well, yeah, yeah. None of it's justifiable. I'm sorry. But none you, of it none yeah, of no. it would be okay by, by by our own standards. It doesn't need to be okay. It just we just need to understand his reasoning and even if we disagree with it, we need to just understand his thought process. That's well, what MP well, is. Let's get back to the question then. With that being said, a character like Thanos, his acts are objectively immoral, but his reasoning places a framing and a perspective behind those acts. Like you side with his, I don't want to say you side with his reasoning, but you at least appreciate an immoral person having a reason to do why they, you know, I don't know. Thanos, if you... look, hold on. Thanos and I agree on the problem. We disagree on the solution to that problem. Yeah, that, you know that's, what I mean. Yeah, so, that's and a... that's that's what's the biggest problem with our politics right now is I think that we all have a sense that something isn't right in our country. The the issue is that we just disagree on the solution to that problem. So just like it's a perfect way to empathize with another person to say I understand why you think that this is the right course of action. But I think that this is the right course of action. Who's right? Who's to say? It's subjective. Yes, yes. I, 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 let me tell another quick story of a friend that I had who went through a really bad breakup. Okay, long story, very short. She cheated on him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and all he wanted to know was why he wasn't just continually mad with the fact that it happened the only thing that he wanted to know was why Mm -hmm. because in our minds somehow as stupid of a reason as it might be being able to know getting to know why something happens somehow makes it not okay, but bearable. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> cheating on somebody who you've claimed to be loyal to or you're promising, 
I will be loyal. This will not happen. Like, I think that we can, I think, well, I don't want to say I think, the vast majority of people would agree cheating on your significant other is not okay. That's an immoral act to do. Okay. Let me let me stop you right there. Let me paint okay. a little picture for you. Okay. Imagine you and I'm gonna sit, I'm gonna give you this hypothetical from a man's perspective. Since we're both men, I can't speak for for women. Um, imagine you're married to a woman. She's a beautiful woman, and you have a great few years together. But then she starts working more or maybe she is in the military and she gets deployed a lot and then some you know you guys are away from each other for long periods of time months on end you now then the phone calls stop coming as frequently because maybe she's really busy she's preoccupied she is doing her job and maybe you understand that for a while but eventually when you lose connection the person who's maybe on the other side of the world in Korea might think, hey, this person, the thought that they're waiting for me is the thing that's pushing me through. But all the way on the other side of the world, and you're not speaking to them and you're not seeing them for months on end, it can get very lonely. And so you might have a moment of weakness where you're with someone who makes you feel good again or who makes you feel like you're loved again when you haven't had physical connection or an emotional connection takes her out to dinner takes her out to dinner not even that just like compliments oh wow you look really good today as as if you're you know if your husband or wife hasn't touched you or seen you or complimented you in years not by any fault, like it's not malice. It's just life gets in the way. Sometimes if you feel so lonely and then somebody makes you feel like a million dollars, there are people who have moments of weakness. And I don't think that that's immoral, especially if after the fact you can uh, have a self-reflective moment and see that you made a mistake and admit that you made a mistake and not continue that those actions. I think that's uh, I, I would give someone a second chance if, if they were in that situation. I don't think that that's morally um, a bad thing to do. Although the actions were bad, the reasoning I agree with, which is me coming full circle again. But but how can you separate the reasoning from... I know you can separate the reasoning from the action, but I mean, those those things are both married, you know no pun intended here, but the, those things are both married together. The reasoning behind why you do the thing you do and then thing that, that you did, aren't those kind of inseparable? Like, like I'm like, I hit you. I hit you because I was angry. I'm sorry. Now, if I didn't tell you why I hit you, you would be wondering why did you hit me or you would just be so pissed you would hit me back and you know it really wouldn't go very far but if i say oh i i'm sorry i hit you because i was angry it's like what okay, if you had a good reason to hit me what if i was about to hit you and you hit me just because i was about to hit you and a third person sees it and says daniel's a bad person he just hit peter what's up with that but really i was about to hit you first so now but i don't think that person right? but i don't think that person's going to ch- change their mind and be like oh but more morality is subjective so i mean (laughs) (laughs) i mean not that the average person is going to come out and say that which would be really funny though in a way i just see like 
two people arguing in a bar and someone gets hit and they're like, hey, it's okay. Morality is subjective. He, he, good conduct is, you know, it, it's neither here nor there. So maybe just look at it as a, just a, just a really kind slap in the face. I don't know. I, I think, I think we do differ here in terms of there being an objective stance on good conduct. And maybe it's just super general and vague, right? Maybe it's just super, super general and super, super vague of like, ah, see, case by case basis, but then that's, that's subjectivity, right? Is killing in any circumstance okay? Any circumstance. I think so. If I'm about to be killed or someone I love is about to be killed, I will kill the person before they can kill me. Okay. That's okay. killing. It's yeah, murder. No, no, Even no, though it's, I, I we agree. put, it, we I agree. put a label on it as self-defense, it's still taking someone else's life. Maybe they were just going to kill me because they their children are starving at home and they needed to come get some money for food because they are suffering. So it's like I'm taking someone else's life, but I'm doing it to protect myself. And I mean, oh, that's I, probably I, why a lot of soldiers and Marines who come home from overseas have really strong mental uh issues because they kill but they kill so that they don't get killed yeah yeah the reasoning there can get pretty pretty convoluted let's um let's do this i'm trying to think of a of a scenario in which so so okay I, i i i had a thought and i just remembered it so in my book our infinite mark right there um i had this 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 quest this line of questioning in there regarding when is something your fault if we are all just a product of our environment right if we're all just you know we're all just built by the experiences that we've had and there's really nothing pre-programmed and it's it's all just who's to say that all of the bad things that we do are because of bad things that have happened to us or or you know that that might that might be a way to think about it you know some some guy living his life and and he finds himself in poverty and he goes and steals something is that his fault you know maybe maybe the system or the society did not allow for for people like him or whatever to gain access to money or finances and so he had to steal and so he was kind of pushed in that direction is he immoral for stealing when he had his hand forced? You know, like when is your hand being forced versus when you're taking it upon yourself to commit an act uh, of, of immoral nature? And I, I just think that that's, I've thought about that before. Like, why did I do that? Well, I was, I was kind of, I, I was raised that way. I didn't have access to this. I was robbed previously. You know, what could a, a society exist in which they take all that into account? Or is even that possible to take into account? Because that would really make morality subjective, uh, objectively. I, th- I think that, um, I don't know if it would be right to take all of that into account. I think that that we as a society should take some of it into account. That's for sure. Um, people who are committing certain crimes, uh, they might be doing it for attention. They might be doing it 
because they had very few other choices. And at the same time, there are people who have this are in the same situations and then can pers persevere and work towards getting themselves out of those situations, whether, whether that's by seeking out help where the other person wouldn't, or by just taking a step back and doing a little bit of self-reflection. But then that once again comes from like somebody who was never taught to do that might not know how to do something like that, or might not know that there's help out there for them. So I think that should be taken into account for sure, but I don't know at what extent, and I'm not a lawmaker or an expert on the subject. So I think that, uh, me personally, I, I'm going to uh, quote Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I'm oh, red flags. Whoa, oh, my God. No, Joe, Joe Rogan, Rogan, it's hilarious. I hear, I hear him say this all the time. He's, he, he looks at people who are full of adults. He, they're just big babies. So when someone's doing something stupid, it's like, oh, that's just a big baby who was never hugged as a child. And that's why they're being stupid or that's why they're, you know, slapping their wife. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, so, babies do slap. And yeah, if you don't stop, then you'll get a lot bigger and then it'll be worse. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why I think the idea of morality being subjective is such a strong belief that I have because the people who were raised in a way that fed crime or poor decisions, they only know what they know. There are resources out there, but they only know what they know. So but that doesn't make morality that doesn't make morality non-objective, though. They could just be. They could just. It, it could just be that they. It could just be that. They're well, not doing those things. Like it doesn't make it somebody's fault that they didn't hear that stealing was bad in like a parental sense. You just moments ago, you said, oh, I think we could all agree that killing somebody, taking anybody's life is is immoral in, in any but, sense. And, but then I, I, and then I debated you on that. So I but think I, but I stopped not. myself. But I stopped myself. I, I, I do think I would gladly put a bullet in someone's head if they're trying to commit murder against me or my family. Right. And I know for a fact that there are people out there who would say. No, I would let them kill me because I would never take another person's life. And that's their morality. And I I respect them for that, but I will kill somebody else Taking if food it means from saving my life. <clears throat> what if the food is laced with poison and you nope. take it from them to save their life? Nope. No, <laughs> Peter. Nice try. I was nice, trying. Nice try. No, the baby is not allergic to anything. And there is an uh, hard-boiled egg in front of it and the baby's hungry and a fully functioning healthy adult walks up and the baby's reaching for it hasn't eaten in a day goes to reach for it and the adult grabs the egg pops it in his mouth so the baby hasn't eaten in a full day and it's and it's actually going to eat the entire egg it's not just going to squish the egg in its hands and then nope. throw it all over nope. the place and yeah. now oh look i lost another egg <laughs> this baby's name is bill Bill is hungry and has not eaten. The adult's name is Peter. A coincidence? I don't know. The adult's name is Peter. The baby's is name very is very specific. Bill. Listen, because scenario. I'm a, because I'm asking you. Okay. 
you reach over and you take the egg from the baby and you pop it in your mouth. Is that wrong to do? I haven't heard enough about my backstory. Because what if, what if I'm about to die, but the only person who could keep the baby nope. alive is me, so I have to keep nope. myself alive. Nope. It's like put the mask on yourself first before you help your child. Okay. Boom. <laughs> Debunked. Okay, okay. Nope, you're you're skirting. You're trying to get away from this. The baby is sitting there. It's hungry. You're in a in a in a room and your wife is watching and she's watching you. <laughs> and judging. <laughs> Right, it could. This all could just be a joke, right? You're just playing a joke on the kid, and you're gonna hard boil another egg right then and there. But no, 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 no. It's you. You're alone. Let me. No, okay. Let me paint this. No, Daniel. Peter, look, you're is just it wrong? To, you're is trying it to wrong? Paint. Okay. Is that immoral? Is it immoral to take the kid's egg and eat it? It depends. <laughs> okay, so there is there. A, but okay, let me ask you this: Is there a circum? Is there? Any hypothetical scenario that in any way, shape, or form would just be, it would be wrong, just outright wrong? Of course. If the baby really wanted to eat the egg and then I was just like, ma, you ain't getting this egg and then pop it in my mouth. Yeah, I and think then, that's and wrong. Then, and then every healthy human adult on earth would also agree with you, correct? Probably. Okay. There's a probability that that is an objective moral stance. That that act of morality was indeed wrong. I don't. I don't like this. This. Uh, well, no, no, no. Is it, but, 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 that's a, but, but that is an objective moment where that is wrong objectively, right? I guess if the person, if the person doing it didn't have a right, re like a, a, a an excuse or justification in doing it, then yeah, and they were doing it malicely. Yes, that's wrong. If the person was doing it because the person needed, okay, to go back to your stupid example, the person needed the egg more than the baby needed the egg and both parties would have been better off for it in the moment, you'd say, why'd you take that baby's egg? But maybe 10 years down the road, that baby might come up to you and say, thank you so much for taking that egg because because of that, I was able to afford an education. And now I know that you took the egg for the right reason. You're making my stupid analogy even stupider, which I love. So with that being said, Peter, is any common goal achievable among a people? If everything is subjective, if all of our pursuits, you know, moral, what we think is good conduct, how can like, is it, is it really just the larger, the, the, the larger the situation, the more impossible it is to detect or, or decide if something's moral or immoral, like within your own home, it's possible to decide that, right? Would you say that? Would you say the larger the setting, the more difficult it is, the more subjective it becomes? Yes, definitely the larger the setting, the more difficult it is, which is why I believe, this is my personal belief system, that communism works on a small scale, but not at a nationwide scale, because there's too many different people, types of people living in a nation that large. I think that there's a, uh, like a philosophical rule that once there's more than 150 people and i'd have to look this up i don't know the exact quote. yeah we're paraphrasing go ahead yeah so once there's more than 150 people within your circle then you become less 
personable, you, you become less willing to help the other people. Like there's only, there's a finite amount of people mm. that you can have in a community where you're supporting one another. Once it gets too big, you get places like New York where you don't look your neighbor in the eye. So, you know, people are living on top of each other in Manhattan, but they don't help. They don't stop to help one another, but yet people out in West Virginia are living a mile away from each other. And they get a phone call from their neighbor saying, Hey, I really need your help. And they drop everything and go and go, you know, help them. So mm-hmm. nice I think listen. that on a larger scale, it's lar- it's harder to get people to have a common goal because there's too much diversity on a smaller scale. I think that every, that people can come up with a specifically, goal. P- specifically moral, like, like Mor- every what's what, what people think is worth either taxpayer money or worth the time or worth the effort, or they think that that pursuit is going to hurt people. Yeah, the more the more voices that you have in a pot, the more subjective morality becomes. You know, if everyone's on the same page in a commune, it's like, yeah, you don't you don't stay up after midnight in between midnight and four AM. Just some stupid rule, right? Let's not break that rule. It's easier. But you know, when you get more people involved, more people are gonna start to question it and they're gonna start to, you know, go out and, and do things and yeah, maybe the question just depends on Maybe the question's integrity, you could say, depends on the amount of humans involved. Yeah. Because we're the only ones talking about morality anyways. Well, you know, we are out on a mission to ask hard questions, questions that really make us think and and come up with awesome stories and, and awesome scenarios. And uh, we're not out to answer those questions necessarily. If we do, if we come up with some awesome answers that enlighten us or other people, then that's amazing. But we don't need to answer the questions we ask because those questions just lead to more questions and more questions help me to understand the world and the universe better. So that being said, do you have any last thoughts, Daniel, about morality? I think that... um... I think I'm going to make sure I'm in a good mindset when I feed my kid an egg. <laughs> That's I, probably a good idea. Because I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy. Because um, I'll no, never I, let you live that down after having to hear the specifics of that hypothetical scenario. <laughs> don't oh. ever take eggs from your children, people. Okay. Daniel no, will no. come for you. No, no, no. Don't do it. Don't do it. That's the worst thing I've dreamed about that. So I think I think that we could agree that the idea of morality is very uh, open to interpretation and um, all, in although, settings in in in, in in very diverse, largely populated settings. Yes, morality is has to be subjective. It, it just, that's human to nature. To a certain extent, to a certain extent, I think that there that even as a species, we are a community, and we probably have a common goal to keep our species going. You know, I don't think that there's anybody on Earth who just wants all of humanity to just stop existing. So there are. Me. I think that there can be moral, uh, collective moral ideas. But for the most part, your morality is shaped by your experiences and your uh, 
and that's how your reality is shaped. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I think I think yeah, I think that was a, a pretty good conversation. You can follow us here on YouTube. Uh, you can subscribe and join the conversation in the comments section and and give your own hypotheticals. Uh, we're also on uh, we're also on Instagram at Infinite Mark Studios. So go ahead go ahead over there if you uh, if you're already on Instagram and uh, yeah. you know you can follow us and see all of our clips that we upload there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll see you next time and uh, we'll keep uh, attacking these questions. Yeah. Thanks for joining us.